guys, we're going to go ahead and get ready to jump into our lesson tonight. Uh, Adam's not here, but that's okay because we got one of my next favorite people. If you guys do me a favor, please give a Super Bowl welcome for Steven! What's up? What's up, everybody? Oh, gosh, it is so, so awesome to be with you guys tonight. So awesome to see you guys. Um, man, I'm so excited to uh, have this opportunity to, to, uh, to speak before you guys. Um, so if you guys haven't noticed, we don't have any slides tonight, no screen. So you just got me, you got my beautiful face and my beautiful Hawaiian shirt to look at. So we, we, got, this, we got this awesome setup so I guess I'm just going to pop a squat. It feels weird like not to have that pulpit there, but I mean, we'll just, we'll just keep it casual tonight. You know, Adam's not here. You know, we could just be chill. So um, we're going through this series called Conversations with Jesus. Um, da-da-da. There's no, no screen behind it. But that's what we're going through. Uh, so if you remember last week, Adam kind of introduced a series, and it was this idea of we're going to look at different conversations that Jesus, this is, sorry, this is, someone's calling me. Albert, Mountain, Greg. Anybody know Albert, Mountain, Greg? No? Anybody? All right. Can you tell them to stop calling me? Very distracting. Um, So we're looking at different conversations that Jesus had in the Bible, right? Different interactions that, that he had. These are real interactions, real conversations. And as we look at these conversations, we want to understand what Jesus said to these people, his heart behind what he was saying to these people, and what that means for us today, what Jesus is saying to us today. Because Jesus is still real. He's still with us. And we get to have conversations with him. So I brought a, a guest with me tonight. Um, I'd like you guys to meet Felt Jesus. He's a homie. And if you guys are wondering, I have felt Jesus. <laughs> he is soft. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, this, this idea of like conversations with Jesus and I'm like reflecting on my own life. Like what, what are these like different conversations that Jesus would have had? And I'm like, he was, he was a guy, he had conversations just like you and I have conversations. So I was thinking about, man, what are the kind of conversations that I have in my own life? Right. You know, we have casual conversations, you know, I'll see some of you guys in the foyer be like, Hey, well, what's up? You know, give you a high five. Like, how's your week been? How's life been? Let's catch up. You know, very casual conversations. Um, sometimes we'll have like conversations where we can't stop laughing. Like we're just talking about the randomest things and we just start cracking up. Uh, just the other week for Halloween, we had a Halloween outreach at our house. We had a bunch of friends come over. We were sitting around a bonfire and we were talking about who knows what and we just couldn't stop laughing, right? You guys ever have those like conversations, right? You're just like, what, what is happening? But you can't stop laughing. Um, sometimes you have serious conversations, right? Conversations where, you know, maybe you're struggling through something, like you're processing, processing something in your life that's difficult, that's sad. I mean, just this week, someone uh, came over to our house. They got some news. They had to process through things. So we had a conversation about that. And then, you know, I also noticed there's some conversations that are hard conversations, right? Con- who's, who here has had a hard conversation before? Yeah, I think a lot of us have had hard conversations. And oftentimes, we have these hard conversations because we are presented with a hard truth. These are truths that we need to hear, but maybe we don't want to hear. Maybe they're truths we don't like to hear, 
right? When, when I was your guys' age, when I was a freshman in high school, I had a hard conversation with my basketball coach who told me I wasn't good. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> that, was, that was hard. But like in all honesty, like I thought I was like this great basketball player. I thought I was gonna come into high school as a freshman and be the starting point guard on the varsity team, right? Be the star player. I mean, I watched High School Musical. Like I could do what Zac Efron did. Like my head was in the game. My head was in the game. I was ready to go. But this coach after practice, after tryouts, he was like, Stephen, we need to have a chat. I'm like, what's up coach? He's like, bro, you're, you're not good enough to be the starting point guard. I'm like, that's cool, that's cool. I'm a freshman, I recognize. He's like, no, like, you're not good enough to be the backup point guard. I'm like, all right, that's fine. I'll just start on JV. He's like, no, start on the freshman team? Mm-mm. Be on the team? Oh, okay. And, uh, you know, the thing about these hard conversations, it's, they're, they're, they're often a tough pill to swallow, but they're good for us, right? Because they help us to understand um, the difference between what, what we think is reality versus like the reality of our actual situation. Right? I thought I was this great basketball player. Reality of the situation was I was not. And that's, um, that's the kind of, conver- that, these, these hard conversations, right? They help us focus on what matters most because we're no longer pursuing something that actually isn't the reality of our situation. We like, our eyes are now enlightened and open to the truth of our reality. So, um, in that case, in my, my, my story, right, I was able to focus no longer on basketball because I knew I wasn't gonna be good enough, but on something even better, which is choir. And uh, that's gonna be the title of my memoir, by the way, from basketball to choir, just in case you're wondering. It will be published posthumously, which I think means like after I'm dead. Um, hopefully it'll be a New York Times bestseller. But tonight I wanna look at a conversation that Jesus had with a group of people where he presents a hard truth. And you know, as we look at this conversation, it's a conversation he had years ago with these people, but it's a conversation that he's having with us tonight. And so we're, we're about to enter a space. We're gonna have a hard conversation tonight, guys. Um, and I know those aren't always the easiest to hear, uh, but I think it's important. So before we kind of dive into it, I do wanna pray um, that the Holy Spirit would just be present and would, would just move. So would you guys pray with me? Jesus, we just come before you. We're just grateful that you speak to us, uh, that you reveal your truth to us, God. We just uh, come before you and just pray that you just open our hearts to receive your truth, uh, that Holy Spirit, you would move within us, that you would soften our hearts. May just, we understand what you have for us tonight. Just convict us, just where there is any, any confusion, may there be clarity, where there's any misunderstanding, may there just be confidence in your truth. Uh, we're just reliant and dependent on you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So tonight we're gonna be looking in the gospel of Luke, Luke 13, uh, chapters 22 through 30. So there's no screen, so bear with me. I will read it to you guys. If you guys have your phones, you know, you you can open up the Bible app, but then close it when we're done with the Bible app. I don't want nobody on like Instagram, Twitter. Like I can can see you guys, by the way, okay? Um, I'm just kidding. But, But yeah, go ahead, open your Bibles. We're looking at Luke 13, verses 22 through 30. And this is what the scripture says. I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait. Felt Jesus, we waiting. Look at this guy all dappered up. All right, here we go. Luke 13, verse 22. It says, he, meaning Jesus, Jesus went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying through Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And Jesus said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. 
when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us. Then he will answer you. I do not know where you come from. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he, the master of the house will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves cast out. And people will come from east and west and from north and south and recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last who will be first and some are first who will be last. So that's a big, big chunk of, of scripture right there. A lot going on, I recognize that. So let's, let's kind of just, just break it down and, and summarize it real quick. So we see that, we find that Jesus is journeying through to Jerusalem. And as he's going to Jerusalem, he's stopping through different towns and villages and having these conversations with people, right? And so as he's in one of these towns, um, you know, last week, Adam painted this picture of like Jesus being at a coffee shop. So we can imagine he's at a coffee shop. Someone comes up to him and asks, a pretty hard question, like in all honesty. He says, Lord, will only those be saved be few? Will only a few people be saved? Will only a few people enter into the kingdom of God? It's like, okay, this guy's just coming in hot, like, you know, going for like the hard questions. Like, I respect that. And Jesus responds to this person. He says, strive to enter through the narrow door for many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Man, I could just imagine this guy like hearing this response from Jesus, like strive to enter through the narrow door. Many will try to enter, but will not be able. So what we see here is, is a hard truth. Jesus presents us with a hard truth. There's gonna be a lot of people who are trying to get into the kingdom of God, but they won't be able to. And then Jesus paints this picture. He says, there's this house, the door is open. And then the master of the house gets up, like the owner of the house gets up and he closes the door. And then there's gonna be a crowd of people coming to the house, knocking on the door saying, master, let us in, let us in. The master opens up, like I could see him just like, peek, like peeking through the peek hole. Y'all have a peek hole? Like, or a ring camera, like looking at the ring camera. He's like, who are these people? And you know, the people are saying, oh, Lord, open up to us. And he says like, I don't know you. Like, get out of here. Like, I don't know you. But the people outside, they're saying, but, but we ate and drank in your presence. Like we hung out. We were at the same coffee shop. Like we hung out together. Like you taught in our streets. We heard what you had to say. But the master is saying like, I don't know you. Depart from me, you workers of evil. One, man, that is, mm, I don't wanna be called a worker of evil. I don't know about you, but that, I, mm, I do not ever wanna be called a worker of evil. And then as like Jesus paints this picture, he says like in that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Y'all, y'all know what gnashing of teeth is? Yeah, neither do I. I like, at first, like, I was like gnashing of teeth. I'm like, is this not like, <laughs> like, I'm like, or is it like grinding? Like, I'm like, I'm like, like, I'm thinking about weeping and gnashing of teeth. Like, are you crying? I'm like, like, I'm sorry. Y'all just had to see my face as I did that. I apologize about that. Um, I'm like, what is gnashing of teeth? So I looked it up and like, you know, it's the Greek word for this. Like, it's this phrase that expresses this idea of sorrow and remorse because these people are on the outside looking in. And what do they see when they're looking into the kingdom of God? They see all their forefathers. They see Abraham, they see Isaac, they see Jacob reclining at the table hanging out with Jesus, right? They see other people in the kingdom of God, in heaven, reclining at the table. And this idea of like reclining at the table, it's, you know, we're, we're here reclining at a table. It's this idea of like rest. And like at a table, there's, what do you do at a table? You eat, there's a feast. So you're resting and you're feasting with Jesus. And the, these people, like they're, 
are expressing sorrow and remorse because they're on the outside. They're like looking in from the window, like, man, like that's where I wanna be. But they're not allowed into the kingdom of God. And that's a hard truth that, man, we, we, get, to, we get to wrestle with tonight, guys. It's uh, what this conversation with Jesus shows us is that not everyone will enter into the kingdom of God. We see that, you know, like these people, the only way that they were able to enter in the house is if they knew the master. For us, the only way that we will be able to enter the kingdom of God is by knowing Jesus, by having a relationship with Jesus. And what's interesting about this conversation is we see that these people thought that they would get at entrance into the kingdom, right? They said, but like master, like, we hung out with you. Like we, we ate and drank in your presence. Like you taught in our streets. Like we were around you. We knew what you were saying. Like, you know, we ran in the same circles. Like we went to the same, the same school. It's like, yeah, you know, let's let us in. What the master is saying is like, no, I don't have a relationship with you. So you're not allowed into my house. You're not allowed into the kingdom of God. And this is a hard truth for us because there's a lot of people today, a lot of people in society, maybe even in this room that are assuming that they will be able to enter into the kingdom of God when the reality of the fact is you may not because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. See, the, the greatest disservice we can do to ourselves is to assume that we will be welcomed into God's kingdom when the fact is that we don't have a relationship with him. We live this life thinking of this reality when the true reality of the situation is different, right? I thought I was gonna be on the basketball team I was not on the basketball team. And I, I think this is important for us. And I think this is like a message that, that God's been placing on my heart recently is because just a few weeks ago, uh, one of your peers, a, a student here, he came up to me and you know, he, he, he comes to youth. He goes to church on Sundays. He has a lot of Christian friends. And for a month, he removed himself from those friends. He stopped coming to the youth, stopped coming to uh, to church on Sundays. And, you know, his first, his first Wednesday back, he came up to me and he said, Stephen, like, I've been gone for a month and I feel like I don't have a relationship with Jesus. Like, I was coming to all these events, doing all these things, running with all my Christian friends, thought I was following Jesus. But when, like, I was separated from those environments, I realized, like, I didn't care too much about Jesus. Like, I didn't have a genuine relationship with Jesus. Like, where does that leave me? Guys, that's a tough, like, tough question to ask, right? It's an important question to ask, like to have that awareness. Doesn't make it easy, makes it, it's tough, but it's important for each and every one of us um, to, to ask ourselves and to question is like, am I, this, the student, he phrased it this way. He's like, I feel like I've just been part of the herd that's around Jesus, but I don't feel like I have a personal relationship with Jesus. And so that's the question that we get to, to dive in tonight and the question that each and every one of us gets to ask are you part of the herd or do you genuinely have a personal relationship with Jesus? Man, when like the time comes, will you be on the outside of the house knocking saying, Jesus, we were around you? Or are you confident in your relationship that Jesus, that when you get to the gate of heaven, he'll say, come on in my good and faithful servant. You see the difference between being part of the herd uh, that's around Jesus and having a personal relationship with Jesus. There's, there's, these, there's two aspects of it that I, I kind of want us to dive in tonight. And the first one is the difference between being around Jesus and being with Jesus, right? Um, the people outside the house in the story we were looking at, you know, they're saying, Jesus, we ate and we drank in your presence. Like they were around Jesus. These people like witnessed Jesus, they around him, they knew what he looked like, they felt him, you know. 
um, they experience the fruit of his presence and the fruit of his power, right? Some of you may be coming in and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm around Jesus. Like I come to youth on Wednesdays and you experience the fruit of his presence, right? There's a lot of people that come here and say, man, there's like the energy's different. The vibe is different. Like something is like different about this place. Like there's just like the sense of joy, the sense of peace, the sense of belonging. It's like, yes, because you are in a, a Christ-centered environment and you're gonna like witness the fruit of his presence. And some of you may have like witnessed the fruit of his power, right? You've heard stories of your friends being healed, right? Of like physical healings, emotional healings, mental healings, spiritual healings. You may have heard stories of reconciliation, of relationships that were broken being um, uh, unified, relationships that were broken being healed. You might've heard stories of uh, Jesus's miraculous power and the way he's just provided for people and answered their prayers, right? We just crying out to God for him to do what only he can do. And we've like seen that occur, um, and you've been like around Jesus where you don't just witness it, but you may experience it yourself. Like when you're close to Jesus, like you are going to experience his power. Like maybe you've been healed yourself. Maybe you've experienced like the power of his provision in your own life. But the issue with only being around Jesus is that when you're removed from those environments that are centered around Jesus, when you remove yourself from those environments, you don't experience his presence and you don't experience his power. Right, maybe you come here on Wednesdays and like everything is great, you're all for Jesus, but then Thursday morning you go to school and like your situation is different, right? Your experience of Jesus is different. You don't experience his presence or his power in those places. And like, I don't, I don't wanna like come across like, it's like condemn you guys in this manner because this is the case for so many people, right? There's so many people, like a lot of high schoolers when they graduate and go to college, or move out of their homes, start their own lives, start their own families, maybe even go like move to a different town or different city. It's like, man, they, they may have been like involved in their youth group, involved in church, but when they leave those places, they find, man, I don't, I don't have this relationship with Jesus and my life now looks differently. And they start pursuing worldly things and get caught up in the darkness and just all like the temptations and desires of the world that Jesus just becomes an afterthought. Because their experience of Jesus was dependent on the environment that they were in. See, the difference with, between being around Jesus versus being with Jesus is that our experience of Jesus, when we're with Jesus, our experience of him isn't dependent on our environments, it's dependent on this relationship with him, right? Um, he is present, when you are with Jesus, he's present with you wherever you go. You are aware of his presence in power in every and any life circumstance. Before Jesus ascended to heaven, he, uh, he met with the disciples, he gave them the great commission and he said, I am with you always to the end of the age. Right, he's with us, he dwells within us and he's given us his Holy Spirit that lives within us. So now like when we are with Jesus, like our relationship with him is no longer dependent on those environments, but it's dependent on the fact that he lives with us, that we have a relationship with him. So when we go to those environments where they're maybe, they're not Christ-centered, maybe your schools where there's tough situations, Maybe like your home life where there's tough situations. Maybe like your so of friends that don't believe in Christ. So you can enter into those environments and not find that Jesus is missing from them, but you can find that Jesus is there with you in those environments and you can experience the power of his presence um, and his goodness in those situations because he's with you when you go into those environments. And I don't know, I was just thinking about this and I'm like, man, I just feel like there are people who, you know, they're like, yes, like I get it. Like I understand there's a difference between being around Jesus and being with Jesus. But Stephen, like, 
I'm afraid to be with Jesus. Like I'm afraid to get closer to him. And I get that because if you, if you think about the, the closer you are to someone, right? Like, yeah, the closer you are to someone, I <laughs> sorry, I was just looking at fellow Jesus. Um, the, the closer you are to someone, like the more of you that they see, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. Like when we're like, when we're just around someone, like let's just say I'm around felt Jesus, like, man, I can put off like just this view of, of myself and felt Jesus can only see like a certain aspects of me. But like, as I get closer to felt Jesus, like he's gonna see more of me. And I, I was thinking about an analogy for this. Um, the first an, an analogy I had for this, I ran it by Rachel and she was like, no, no. So we're not gonna do that one. Um, Cause then I'm, I'm again in trouble. Um, but talk about Rachel, which if, in case you, some of you guys don't know, I'm married to Rachel. That's why our last names are the same. Um, I don't know why I always have to bring that up. Cause every time like, you know, someone's like, you, you're like, is, is she your sister? I'm like, no, no, that's weird. Like we're married, it's a thing. Um, but like before, before we were married, we were dating, right? Maybe some of y'all in relationships, maybe y'all think about dating. Um, but like, I'm like, man, I can't let Rachel see like the not cool side about me. Like I wanna like control the image that I have, that she has of me. So in case you were wondering, um, maybe most of you guys know, guys fart, right? We fart, it's a thing, it's biological. I know, mind blown, mind blown. But when I was dating Rachel, I'm just like, bro, she can't smell my farts. They're nasty. Like, she's not gonna date me if she smells these gashes at this effluent of gas. Like, she, she ain't gonna want that. So anytime I was around her, anytime we hung out together, like, and I had a fart, I... <sighs> You're so beautiful, Rachel. Yup, let's go get ice cream. Man, I... Squeeze that sucker in like, uh-uh, ain't no gas coming out today. There are no gas leaks coming from me. I don't know, maybe, maybe some of y'all are dating and you guys have that same experience. Uh, but <laughs> man, let me tell you, like the moment like we, we went our separate ways, oh, sweet relief. Like you just, mm, let that thing go. Uh, but the difference, that's just me being around Rachel. But now that like I'm with Rachel, like we're married, like we do life together, she... She gets to smell the aroma of marriage. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it's not good. It's not play. I, I had, um, man, this is about to, TMI. I had like a lot of beans the other day. We were, we were like getting ready for bed. And I was like, I had to evacuate from the room. Like, but that's the thing. It's like when you are, the closer you are to someone, like the more of you that they see, right? The more of the good, the more of the bad, and the more of the ugly. Like now that we're married, like it's not just the farts that Rachel smells. Like she sees like the ugliness that's in my heart sometimes. Like, you know, before when you're just dating, she's like, oh, Steven's a super cool guy, super gentle, super sweet. Like, like, you know, like boyfriend that anybody ever wanted. And now she's like, bro, like Steven's getting impatient. Like he's kind of crabby today. Like dude woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And, and the, the cool thing about like the marriage is that, you know, like Rachel loves me despite that, despite like the, my good days and my bad days, she still loves me. And that's why like marriage is such an awesome representation of like Christ's love for us is that like, despite the ugliness in our hearts and the nastiness of our farts, he still loves us, right? No, sorry, I, that was a good one. I, I like that one. Um, but that's the thing, it's like, 
I understand why you might be afraid to be with Jesus because you're like, Jesus, you don't know what I've done in my life. You don't know the ugliness in my heart, the sin patterns I'm dealing with. And what Jesus is saying is like, no, I do. I do, like I created you. I know all that you've done. I know all that you've been through. I know all that you will go through. And yet I still love you. It's like, I've, I've seen the blemishes, the ugliness in your heart, yet I still want to be with you. And that's, that's the beauty of the gospel. It's not that like Jesus loved us because we were perfect. He's like, all right, you got your life together. Like, okay, now you're cool. You're, we can be friends. He does like expect perfection of us. No, he loves us because we aren't perfect, right? It's because of our imperfection that he came to earth to die on the cross for our sins. It's because of our blemishes where he's like, man, because of like our sinful nature, because of your blemishes, like, bro, you guys ain't gonna be able to get into the kingdom of heaven. Because like God is holy and sin can't exist in God's holiness, right? We're separated from God. That's why Jesus like, he's like, there has to be a way. And he is the way. He's the one who came down. He took our blemishes, like the ugliness of our hearts, our sins, he bore it on himself, right? All of our blemishes, they're now on Jesus. And so when God sees us, right? We, we, he now sees the perfection of Jesus. Like Jesus ain't got acne, zits, none of nasty farts. He's like, he's like perfect. And Jesus is like, come on in. Like, I know you didn't have means today. Like you're, you're coming in. But he, Jesus took like our blemishes, like our sin and bore it on the cross. Like, do you guys like understand? Like, that's just awesome. That's just cool. And that, that's the gospel. He's like inviting us. He's like, come be with me despite like your blemishes, despite your sin, be with me. Let me take them off of you. And we can have this relationship so that now you can like be with the father and be uh, allowed into the kingdom of heaven. Oh man, I lost where I was in my notes. That's cool. Um, so Jesus is at the table, felt Jesus. Um, and he's inviting us to sit with him, right? So, I mean, if we think about this, the picture of the, the coffee shop, right? So Jesus is at the table. We're in this busy coffee shop. Are we like gonna be content with just being at the coffee shop? Like, oh yeah, there's a table that Jesus sits at. I'm gonna go sit here with these other people. Or, oh, yep, yeah, Jesus is at the table. I'm just gonna get my latte and I'm gonna peace out. No, Jesus is inviting us to sit with him at the table, to be with him, not to just be around him, but to be with him. And the, the question we get to answer is, man, am I gonna accept that invitation? Am I gonna accept the invitation to be with Jesus, to move from just being around him to being with him? And the second thing I, I kind of want to get into tonight is this, the difference between knowing about Jesus and actually knowing Jesus, right? In the passage, you know, the, the people who are outside of the house looking in, they're saying like, they're knocking on the door, like they're saying, Jesus, like we, we ate and drank in your presence. You taught in our streets, right? They were in the streets when Jesus was teaching. So they knew about Jesus. They knew what he had to say. They knew his message. But there's a difference between knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus, because when you know about Jesus, it's all just head knowledge. Um, and you can know all there is to know about Jesus and still not have a relationship with him, right? You can memorize the Bible, know that thing from like, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth to whatever the last verse in Revelations is. You can have that whole thing memorized and still not have a relationship with Jesus because it's all just head knowledge, you know? And I, I was just thinking like, so there's this lady that's been in the news a lot. I don't know if you guys have heard of her, Taylor Swift. She's a, she's a, yeah, yeah. Wow, whoa, that's a lot more division than I thought there would be tonight. Uh, maybe we need to reconcile there. Um, but, but 
I know, I know, I know there are a lot of Swifties out there. I, I personally know a couple Swifties that are in this room right now. And as Swifties, I know you guys know a lot about Taylor, right? You guys know the lyrics to all her songs. You know all the guys that she's dated. You know all the years that her albums were released, plus the years that Taylor's version came out, whatever that is. Um, maybe you even went on the Eras tour this year. You probably know where she's at tonight. Let's be real. How many of you know where she's at this weekend? That's right. A lot of you do. Uh, but guys, I'm going to just be honest with you. If you guys go to Taylor Swift's house tonight, is she going to be letting you in the door? No. The answer is no. I don't know who you saw, who said yes, but hard truth, no. Um, yeah, you can be like, hey, Tay-Tay, it's me. Like, let me in. Oh, is that your cat? Whatever the cat's name is. Like, I love it. And it's she's going to be calling the cops on you. She's like, get this stalker away. Like, let's put a restraint order there. Like, no, just because you know all there is to know about someone doesn't mean that you know that person and that you have a relationship with them. And it's like, as we like, man, maybe you are with Jesus and you're like, Jesus, I'm at the table. I'm going to just input from you. I'm going to know all the risks to know about you. I'm going to interview you. Like, Jesus, I got all the facts. Just because you know all about Jesus doesn't mean that you have a relationship with them. So you're like, Stephen, then how do we have this relationship with them? Well, I'm just saying like, how do you have a relationship with anyone, right? I have some, some good buddies in the room tonight, Rob and Jacob, like really good friends of mine. And they didn't become my friends because I'm like, Rob, you were born on this day, which by the way, Rob's birthday's in three days. Um, <laughs> Rob, you went to this school. These are the name of your parents. This is uh, your driver's license. These are your favorite hobbies. Oh, Jacob, like, this is where you went to school. These were your best friends growing up. Like, all this, it's like, yeah, let's be friends now. Like, I know all these cool facts about you. No, that's weird and creepy, right? <laughs> no, Rob, Jacob, and I, we became friends because we sat together, we hung out, and we got to know each other. We got to have conversations with each other, right? It was, it was a, a relationship is, is two ways. It's not just about knowing about someone. It's about spending time with them, getting to know their heart, right? And as you get to know someone, yeah, the more you will learn about them, right? That's how I know Rob's birthday is in like three days. It's not because like I like Googled him and stalked him. I'm like, okay, I know your birthday. Let's be friends. It's because like we're having a conversation. He's like, oh yeah, my birthday's in three days. I'm like, cool. I'm, I'm going to try and remember that because um, I'm, not, I'm not good at remembering that. So as we like pursue Jesus, guys, like our focus isn't on knowing more about Jesus. Our focus is on knowing Jesus more, right? And you may be wondering like, Okay, I, I get it, Stephen, but like, how? How do I know Jesus more? And knowing Jesus more starts with faith. Faith in him, faith in the truth of, faith in his gospel, and faith in the reality of what he did for us on the cross, right? Like, you know, Rachel and I are married and she can say, Stephen, I love you. Those are just words. She could write down on paper, Stephen, I love you. That's head knowledge. Like, yeah, I know Rachel loves me but I haven't experienced Rachel's love for me. And so she says, Stephen, you can watch the Laker game while I do the dishes, vacuum, and clean the bathroom. And I'm like, that's a woman after my own heart. I love you. Like, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I do not deserve this. Um, right? We don't understand, like, we can't understand and experience like Jesus's love for us until it becomes like our heart understanding, right? We can know it in our heads. Yeah. You can recite after me, yes, Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He rose on the third day. He ascended to heaven. It's like, that's all head knowledge. But until like that information, like the, the reality of the gospel moves from our head to our heart, we can't have that relationship with Jesus. 
And like, we like know we have that heart understanding when we just sit and just like the weight of the gospel and are just overwhelmed by it, overwhelmed by its truth, overwhelmed by his love for us, overwhelmed by the grace that he showers upon us. And it's not something you can't force. You can't just be like, all right, head to heart, head to heart, head to heart, head to heart, like make it happen. Um, someone was told me, it's like, don't let like 12 to 16 inches like get in between you and Jesus, right? Like the way like it moves from our like a head knowledge to our heart knowledge is by the Holy Spirit, right? In, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians 2.12, Paul writes that we have received not the spirit of the word, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. It's the Holy Spirit that allows us to truly understand the weight and the reality of the gospel. And guys, like, like this is like this message is like just so important to me, so like personal to me because this was this was my story, this was my testimony. Like, I grew up going to church every Sunday. Like, I did Awana. I don't know what you guys if you guys know what Awana is, but it's this thing where like you memorize Bible verses. Like, I I was like the top of my Awana class. Like, I got all the crowns, jewels, candies, like I was like there. Like I thought I was holy because I knew all these Bible verses, right? Like I went to a, a Christian high school. I did Bible studies. Like I had Christian friends, right? I knew a lot about Jesus and I was around Jesus a lot. But when I left those environments, when I went off to college and lived my own life, I found myself wandering, pursuing worldly things. Why? Because my relationship with Jesus wasn't, wasn't there. It was based on these environments. It was based off of what I knew, I didn't have like that hard understanding the reality of his gospel. And when I found myself like at the bottom of this pit, man, just like in like a very dark space, you know, I'm like, God, like, man, if you're real, please just like reveal yourself to me. And, you know, I, I started going back to church. I'm like, okay, I'm receiving all this head knowledge. Like, I know all this stuff. I was like, pastor, I, dude, I got this. Like, I know this, but like, I kept going, kept going. But like, I just knew like something wasn't connecting. And I just kept asking Jesus, please reveal yourself to me. Please reveal yourself to me. And, and one day during worship, like his Holy Spirit, like worked within my heart. It's like the weight of the gospel, the truth of the gospel, like finally hit home. And it just like wrecked me because I was just completely overwhelmed. Like me, the sinner, this broken person that like deserves death, deserves eternal separation from God. And there's God and like, there's this gap. And like, Jesus is the one who bridges the gap. He took my sins. He took my shame, my guilt, my, my ugliness, my dirtiness. He took it to the cross. And so that now like when God sees me, he sees the perfection of Jesus. And like friends, like that's my, that's my prayer for everyone in here tonight that like, man, like that the Holy Spirit would move in your hearts, that you would understand the weight, the truth of the gospel. And so as, uh, as we kind of wrap up, you know, there, there's a couple of things I, I want to call out. It's like, I want to address like, there, there's some of you in this room who are like, yeah, man, like Stephen, this is great news, but man, I already have a, like, I know I have a genuine relationship with Jesus. Like I'm walking with him, I'm with him and I know him. And like friends like in, who are in that boat, like let's go. Like we rejoice in that, like we celebrate that. You know, this message is to encourage you to remember what Jesus has done in your life. You know, and it's an encouragement to continue to draw near to him, continue to pursue him, continue to seek after him and to ask him to help you know him more because like the depth of his love for us, the grace that he offers us is more than we can comprehend. So daily it's like, Jesus, like help me understand your love more, like draw me closer to you. And I know there's some of you here tonight where you're just like, man, like yes, even you're right. Like I've just been around Jesus. 
I know a lot about Jesus, but I, man, I don't have a relationship with him. And this, this might've been a hard truth, like a hard, like, like that's meant to be like a, a rock dropping, not like a punch, like a rock dropping, like a hard truth that you're just like, oh man, like I feel the weight of this. Like for you guys, man, like there's an invitation. Jesus is inviting you to be with him and to know him, right? He's not trying to keep you at arm's distance. His arm's actually like welcoming you in, like trying to come on in, come in my son, come in my daughter, like have this relationship with me. You know, as we think about this, uh, the picture of the coffee shop, again, like Jesus is at the table. Like, are you gonna sit with him? Are you gonna accept him and have a relationship with him? So I'm gonna ask the, the man to come on, come on up um, and as we, we prepare to respond. Um, but if we think back to, to the, the passage, there, there's a small part of it that we kind of skipped over, right? When the guy says, um, Lord will only be, only a few be saved. Jesus says, right, paints the picture of the house, the people looking in. But in the beginning, it says that the, the door is open, but is, is one day will be closed. Like the master's gonna close the door one day. And so like, that's the case for us. Like the door is open, but one day the door will be closed. Like let's accept Jesus's invitation to be with him and to know him like now. Let's not wait. Cause one day the door will be closed where the invitation no longer is there and we'll be on the outside looking in. So Jesus has extended the invitation. He has started the con- conversation. You know, my question for you is like, how are you gonna respond? How are you gonna respond to his invitation? Um, man, if you feel tonight that, man, the Holy Spirit was doing something in your heart and you recognize, man, Jesus, I do wanna have this rela- relationship with you. I do wanna respond to your invitation. Man, I encourage you to find a leader uh, to pray with. I'm gonna ask the leaders as we go through this last response song, uh, just to be along the sides. Uh, man, go find your small group leader, find an adult leader. Just be like, man, I want to know Jesus. I want to be with him. I want to know him. Ask them to pray over you. But more importantly, pray out loud yourself. Ask Jesus to, to move in your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to move in your heart to help you understand the truth, the weight, and the glory of his, of his gospel and his invitation. So I'm gonna pray and then, and then we, can, we can respond. So Jesus, we just come before you, man. We're just so grateful for who you are, just grateful for your hearts for us, that you desire to have a relationship that you, with us, that you don't desire just for us to be separated from you, separated from your father, but you desire for us to recline and feast at the, your table in your kingdom. We just thank you that you've made a way. You've said that I'm the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus, we just turn to you. We just run to you. Man, I just pray that you just move in the hearts of the students, those who, who are distant from you. God, may they just receive your invitation and chase after you. Pray that you continue just to draw us closer to you. May the truth of your gospel move in our hearts. May we just recognize your love, your goodness, and just be overwhelmed by it because you are a good God. You are the only savior. So God, we just turn to you. We just praise you for what you've offered. We praise you for what you've done. We praise you that salvation is not by our own accord, but is by you and you alone, Jesus. We thank you. We praise you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you guys can come on up and we can respond.